Hey, my friends, it's Nate Short, and welcome to a special episode of Run Your Business Like a Business, a podcast where we explore better ways of how to run your real estate business more like a real business and at the same time have a life outside real estate. Hey, I'm your host, Nate Short, and I'm honored to be your high-performance coach today with this episode. And I've spent the last 20 years working as a top-performing realtor, while at the same time studying business strategy, human psychology, and really deep diving into how to help real estate agents be better at their craft. And I created ROS, which stands for the Rib Lab Operating System, an acronym for Run Your Business Like a Business, to explore and educate agents about topics such as creating a vision and goals for your business building your team, improving your systems, improving productivity, creating accountability, and really challenging yourself to up your game and make an impact. My goal, inspired by my own personal journey, is to help real estate agents create dynamic, fun, profitable real estate businesses while at the same time having amazing life balance, energy, and passion for living your best life. And so if that's what you're looking for, that's what we're doing here today. And just as a reminder, if you want to go to another level of development, both personally and professionally, be sure to check out our coaching programs at fitforgrowth.com, where we believe that coaching is the key to achieving your goals and living your best life. And the best part is it's science-based, so we know it works. Because it's time to level up, my friends. It's time to take your life back. It's time to find that focus and that confidence and that vibrancy again. And I'd love to be your coach in the fuller levels of high performance. Now, without further delay, let's jump into today's episode. All right. Well, I'm super excited to have you again with us today on this podcast. Boy, getting done with the vision pillar uh, was quite a few sessions, actually, where we asked those, you know, eight questions going through, you know, everything from our core values and our marketing strategy and all of that. You can go back and you can listen to those podcasts. They're all 10 to 20 minute sessions. Um, but what that is, that basically creates the roadmap for our business. And in all of the coaching that I've been doing, all of the, you know, different types of platforms and training and all the psychology talks about really the importance uh, Brendan Burchard calls it having a map before you actually enter the woods. You know, you want to have that map so you don't get lost. And so many real estate agents, you know, we get our licenses or even those of us who've been in the business for 20 years, you know, we know that only 30% of the real estate agents out there actually are creating a plan to run their businesses. And so when I learned that, and this is only after, gosh, surveying over 4,000 real estate agents, uh, whenever we would do our, our seminars or any kind of training, um, it was just shocking to see that. And yet I think back through my own career when I first got into the business in 2001, and even though I had come from corporate America, you know, I knew about business planning and all that. And yet even when I became my own real estate uh, agent, independent contractor, I just didn't have that plan until 2007. And that was basically when I created my first um, business plan using that that program called Vizio. Uh, where I would just, you know, map out my plan. And that was a whole process. And so we spent a lot of time on that vision pillar. And uh, we we spent, a, gosh, uh, several hours, I guess, in our last many podcasts, just talking through what not only having a one-year plan, which is what most people do, you know, where they're just writing, writing down their goals and how many houses they want to sell and, you know, what's their average sales price. And they might put down profitability or, you know, their marketing budget dollars or whatever 
that they are going to include in their in their business plan, um, but really taking that to the next level and and talking more big picture because we want to have something. You know, it's one thing to have a like a, a one year plan, but you want to have that bigger picture of you know what is it? What is your business all about? What's your purpose? Who's your ideal client? Who's your focus? So many people are wasting so much money spending uh, marketing dollars to you know you know advertise or put social media out there on you know through Facebook book ads or whatever and they're not even hitting their target clients and so um, I just see a tremendous amount of money I, I would venture to say it's maybe up to 50% of people's marketing dollars that they're spending uh, not very wisely because they're, they're they're essentially wasting the money in fact I think coaching can be paid for just with having a good coach to get you more focused so that you're spending your money on the right things to generate leads. Uh, but that's a whole another topic. Today's session, as we're going to move on to the second pillar, which is the people pillar. And uh, I want to, if you want to know, you know, you want to go more in depth on people. There's a great book out there by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, which Gosh, I really love those guys and, and all that they're doing over at Strategic Coach. But um, they wrote a book called Who, Not How. And uh, I read it. I tell all of my coaching clients to read it. But it is asking the question, you know, who is it that can help us out in our businesses? And when, you know, a lot of us, we get into real estate and we want to do it all ourselves. We want to design our flyers and we want to, you know... Um, you know, show up at every inspection and we, we want really that hands-on approach. And I think, you know, there's some psychology behind that. One, we want to provide the best levels of service to people. And after all, nobody can do it better than we can, right? And um, we're paid a lot of money on these deals. You know, we sell a million dollar house. It's a $30,000 commission. Um, we feel obligated to show up at every chance possible um, within the transaction. And yet that in, in and of itself has a couple of things that effects that happen is one is that um, we get spread too thin. Um, we sacrifice maybe family time or time with other loved ones uh, for our businesses. We start to feel guilty about that. I'm just telling you like how I felt in the past uh, about some of these things, but it's really, and, and also, you know, it is true. Like we think that nobody else can do it better than us. And yet um, asking the question, you know, who is it that can help us in our business and provide a better level of service, provide, you know, more expertise in certain areas. So, and I'll give you an example. There's a lot of, there's a lot of real estate agents out there who are quote stagers as well. So, you know, they're, they're like, this is part of my business. I'll, I'll, you, you know, do complimentary staging and I, I will come in and stage your house for you. Well, you know, all of that, that, that's a great service, no doubt about it, but it's really hard to be excellent at staging and then be an excellent real estate agent. I think that's very, very difficult. You're talking about two different kind of specialties and somebody who's really, you know, up to speed on all the latest furniture and the new styles and can come in and give your client advice um, about staging or, or even critique them about, you know, the, the furniture in their home. It's better that they do that rather than you as the actual real estate agent. So, um, that's just an example, but when I, I I didn't fully appreciate this about right people, right seats, or asking who, not how, and that is when we um, when we first start to ask ourselves who do we want to bring into our business, how important 
the question of our core values is. And of course, this was one of the first podcasts that we did in the vision pillar and creating our roadmap is identifying those core values. And those core values, what I found is that they re really resonate throughout the entire organ, you know, your company, as far as who it is that you're going to be putting on your team. Maybe that's even an employee, or maybe that's an independent contractor or a vendor who is going to be working for you to help prepare homes for, for listings. Um, maybe that is the clients, you know, when you've identified certain core values that you stick by and you have a client that shows up and you start working with them and you start to realize, Hey, they don't really share the same values that I do. I don't know if that's ever happened to you or not, but we, we've had to have that several times and the opportunity cost of that. And then the cost mentally on your mental health of dealing with clients like that. Um, can be very difficult. And so when you identify those core values up front, you're almost, you know, it's almost like a law of attraction where you're attracting those people to you. And the same is true with your vendors. And, um, and then also, you know, just recognizing other people in your lives, like who you're hanging out with. They say the, you know, the people that are, that you hang out with the most, those five people on average are going to be kind of the level that you're at. And we always, you know, trying to be leveling up, trying to be improving and, you know, gaining inspiration. And so many of us, you know, we tend to hang out with people that bring us down. And so I think it's a really important question, both on the business side and the life side of things. So um, if you're not getting, you know, what you want in your business, or you don't feel like you're where you're at, um, the really the question isn't how do you do more stuff? The question is, who can you bring into your life that can help accelerate? And so I just wanted to go through um, a couple of examples in my own business. Um, and again, this is part of that growth mindset. You know, if you haven't read that book by Carol Dweck uh, on growth mindset, it's 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 basically you know something that you just practice every day and you keep in front of you, You're just always trying to improve and be coming from a viewpoint of like being curious rather than being critical of yourself or, you know, well, I'm just going to, this sucks and I'm just going to give up on this or, you know, do it myself kind of thing. You know, you always want to be taking that growth mindset because it is, um, the part of the job is finding the right people. I mean, if you think about these CEOs, they become a head of a big organization and they spend a lot of time, most of their time trying to build their team and bringing the right people and putting them in the right seats. And once they do that and they get everybody rowing in the same direction, man, they just can take off. And uh, and that is what creates great companies and cultures and, um, and, and attracts, you know, really amazing people to those types of companies. I mean, look at Apple, for example, uh, or, or some of these other great companies. You know, people are just, they love the core values. They're attracted to those companies. They're an exciting um you know, types of technologies and, and things that they're doing. Uh, and my business, you know, I look at it in a couple of different ways. First of all, the people that are working for me in, in and around me in my business, you know, maybe my assistant or a buyer's agent or other agents that I'm working with. And one of the first things I do when I sit down with them is I talk to them about their core values. And I say, you know, well, you know, what's made you successful to this point in your career and and what's important to you? You know, how do you want to show up every day? Those kinds of things <clears throat> I think are, <clears throat> excuse me, super important. Um, and I look at it like on the vendor side, same thing, you know, 
if I've got a painter or a plumber or an electrician, you know, I'll talk to them and I won't specifically come out and say, hey, what, what are your core values before I hire you? But I want to talk about, you know, maybe some past jobs that they've done and what they felt went well and what didn't go well and how they handled certain situations. And then I, when I hire them or bring them in, I actually am watching how do they interact with the clients and how are they to work with just in general? Um, are they easy to work with? You know, are they, do they have flexibility? Are they have an understanding? Those kinds of things um, I'm, I'm looking at very carefully. And when I don't have somebody, so for example, I had a, a tile and a flooring guy that I've worked with for, uh, I guess about six months. Um, and I, you know, first he did an okay job and, but I really wasn't totally impressed and I kept giving him more and more deals, uh, and, and had more opportunities to work with him. And I just, over time, just realized he wasn't the right person. His company wasn't the right company. You know, I don't, I didn't think they charged a fair rate. Um, I didn't think they did an overly great job. I thought they were just kind of okay or average with interaction with my clients. And so, you know, I was just then, okay, who else can we get? And that's, that's work. You know, you got to get out there and work at that and have intention around that to build your vendor network. Um, but it's not just your vendors, you know, it's, um, it's, it's uh, people that are doing your transaction management, maybe people at your company, your brokerage that you're working with, who you're surrounding yourself by with, it's your manager, uh, your managing broker, maybe. You know, that's so important to be aligned. You know, it's not just you show up at a brokerage and go to work. And, and if you don't like the people, which a lot of people look, you know, work at places that they don't like or work with, you know, people in the office that they don't like, man, that's a real drag on um, your psyche, your mental health. When things get difficult, you know, you need collaboration and people that are like-minded to be around you. So I think that um, that's, that's an important one. So, you know, we're just always trying to upgrade our vendors. And if we have great vendors in particular areas like plumbing, electricity, electric, electricians and, you know, um, handyman and window washers and things like that, you know, we really want to take care of those people and treat them really well, pay them well, and make sure they're paid on time and, you know, respect their time and those kinds of things. And we want them to come back. We really just believe in that. And that is a, a big part of this who, not how question. Uh, another example that I'll give you is on this who, not how is, you know, going back, one of the reasons I started running a business like a business in the first place was all my experiences that came out of the great recession. And, uh, and, and in particular, you know, in 2008, we had about 13 months supply of houses. And today we have probably less than one month supply. So it was really, really difficult. And I was, you know, trying to plan out, like, how am I going to make a living? And I started asking myself, not how do I make more phone calls to my database, which was the typical, you know, way to build the business or kind of a ninja-esque way to build the business. Not how can I, how, how can I increase activity, but who is it that I can contact? Like, where is the business moving to? And where is it going to be one year, two years, three years down the road? And how can I identify people and they're doing those things. And then if I don't know the skill sets, you know, learn those skill sets or the language to talk to those people and start working with those people. And so the example is, you know, the market's crashing, a stock market hit 6,500. Um, 
in in 2000 I think it was I think it was 2009 yeah, it might have been 2008 but anyway um, I started calling on banks and I I knew nothing about banks but I knew that from reading the book Shift uh, by Gary Keller you know he talked about as as markets shift you know when the market starts going down you have these these homes that end up getting foreclosed on they go back to the banks you've got short sales and so I started calling on banks and at first I you know I was thinking to, in a way I was thinking really big and I was like, oh, go into Bank of America or I'll go into uh, Chase or, you know, one of those. And I uh, didn't have much success, right? Because they're just big, they're bureaucratic. There's a lot of red tape. There's people that already have relationships in those banks. Um, and so I I started calling on smaller uh, banks and medium-sized banks. And eventually I, I called one day over to the asset REO manager in Spokane, Washington, a bank called Sterling Bank, got a hold of the REO manager and I um, just struck up a conversation with him and he, and I said, hey, you know, uh, what are you doing this week for lunch? I'd love to take you out for lunch. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, uh, we lined up a time and I drove all the way from Seattle over to Spokane. It's about a four and a half hour drive um, just to take him out to lunch. But that one relationship over the next four years gave me almost a hundred listings. In fact, in 2011, gave me 56 listings in one day. And so, um, again, that just proved to me like how important that question of who, not how is and that book that, uh, that Dan Sullivan wrote and, and Dr. Hardy wrote, um, was so, I guess, pertinent and, and just really explains it well that if you're asking those types of questions, you know, that can really help you level up in your business. And, you know, a lot of times in, in the coaching, we'll ask people, well, if you were to 10 X your business next year, how would you do that? And people think, God, you know, I don't even know. Like, it's not like you can make more phone calls and 10 X your business. You really have to think outside the box. You have to think strategically. You have to think who, not how. You know, who is it that can help me? Who is the kind of person that could deliver me that kind of business or, you know, help me achieve a 10x result? And um, I think it's a really, really important question. And it's the second pillar in ROS. And I think what we'll do um, is continue as we go through these other pillars to talk about, who, you know, the who, not how concept, because it does resonate kind of through all of the pillars that we're um that we're going to be talking about as we move down these podcast sessions explaining the foundations of ROS. So just to summarize, first pillar is vision. We spent a lot of episodes on that, creating the roadmap. If you want the roadmap, you want it free, you can download that at riblab.com. That's R-Y-B-L-A-B.com forward slash roadmap. You put in your name and information. We're not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff, but we're going to you know, give you that roadmap for free. You can fill that out. And then the second pillar is really starting to ask ourselves who can help us in our business um, and our lives too, right? It's not just about the business, but it's, you know, even in our lives, maybe it's a financial advisor, you know, maybe it's an insurance agent. Um, maybe it's people that are working on your house to, to help you maintain your home. Um, whoever that is, it's, it's a really important question. I think it's something that we need to be much more intentional about with our, uh, you know, choosing who we bring into our lives and who we create relationships with. And we know that 
you know, just from a psychological standpoint, the biggest thing for, for us in, in the world of psychology and coaching is how do we help people be happier and have more meaning in their life? Well, we help them live more authentically. We help them create deep, you know, become more aware of how important the relationships around them are. And we help them, you know, with gaining skills to, to basically, you know, make an impact in the world. I mean, those are the biggest things around coaching. And so that's what we're doing here at ROS and RibLab. And if you're interested in one of our coaching programs, you can visit our website, riblab.com, or um, mainly, you know, get involved in maybe one of these accelerator programs that we are putting on every single month. We start one every single month. Um, and they are 12 week sessions. We go 12 weeks back to back to back to back. Unless that maybe there's a holiday, we might have a little bit of a variable there. But we go back and we help, you know, we, we, we do these 12 weeks and we help lay the foundation so that you can understand the framework of how to build your business and then also how to have a really balanced, uh, more um, vibrant life. And so if that's something you're interested in, we'd love to help you with that. And uh, we would like to uh, continue to work with you. So I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. I'm humbled that you would you know, take 20 minutes out of your day to listen to this podcast. And hopefully we will see you in the next one where we're going to talk not about the people pillar because we've pretty much covered that. But we're going to dive deeper into process and systems, which is we're going to spend several sessions on um, the difference between what a process and a system is and then how those all break down within a real estate business. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.